should be purple. Yeah, why? What color did you think it was going to be? Should be huh? purple, and no. Fuck you! It should have been purple. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another edition of the Tukey's Take Podcast. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. This is your number one hockey podcast. In order to get takes on what the proper flavor slash color of Kool Aid is, you already know Sin's number one. <laughs> Gotta get that. To get that grape Kool-Aid. Is that your number one? Grape Kool-Aid. Discuss. It's not grape. It's purple Kool-Aid. Because it doesn't taste like mm. grape. It tastes like purple. Um, You're not wrong. <laughs> it's real good, though. <laughs> yes, that would be my favorite Kool-Aid. The rare times I actually have Kool-Aid. Yeah, I like a lot of like the grape-flavored stuff. Man, I used to love Dimatap as a kid. You know that medicine, Dimatap? No, I can Probably not. Anyway, that shit was bomb because it tasted like that grape shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably Showing why they aim. stopped making it so kids wouldn't yeah, drink it or exactly. take it like it was Kool-Aid. Yeah. They're trying to get me yeah. hooked on pharmaceuticals early on, man. They almost had me. They almost had me. And then <laughs> high school came along and showed me the power of marijuana. <laughs> so we're back for another edition of the podcast. And is obviously here. Endo Mills is here as well. And today we'll begin our uh, our little season previews. Now we're not going back to two a week, as we discovered. Uh, the fact that it's the end of September has clearly messed with my head. And uh, we don't have to go back to two a week yet. So this week, we're going to be covering the Atlantic and Pacific divisions. Next week, of course, will be the alternative side of that with the Metro and Central. And then the week of uh, October 10th, you know, 14th, around that time. That week, we will be back to two a week because the NHL season will be back in full force. So excited for that endo thumbs up thumbs down on the kool-aid how's it how's it going for you i'm um, good i'm still laughing about stuff that happened last night in um in, a, in the twitch uh twitch chat um we won't get really into it but just know that fifa pro clubs is back and that is that's nice. all you need to know uh we have some wild conversations at 4 a.m and uh i can't stop thinking about it like it's devolved into like (laughs) it's it's devolved into like this morning everyone's like what the fuck happened last night and now the entirety of like your discord is just like talking about it like it's taken over the chat completely twitch.tv forward slash 24 fifa is out career mode pro clubs content biding time for nhl 23 and if nhl 23 disappoints the return of nhl 2k10 uh, which will likely happen by the end of the year. Yeah. No matter what, especially with how excited Sin is for that. For those of you watching on the YouTube side of things, you might notice Sin rock in a particular a particular jersey that's rather relevant from the uh, NHL 2K10 run we had with the Ottawa Senators this past summer. Yeah. Uh, good times. Good times. Definitely. Very good. So, a lot of stuff going on on that front, but we do have a lot to talk about today, so we'll get down to business. We'll mention, as always, this podcast brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. You can use code Tukey at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. And that's code Tukey, T-O-U-G-I-E, at checkout, manscaped.com. Get the best tools for the job. Doesn't matter what you're looking to take care of in terms of male grooming, grooming in general. Let's be honest. The products, you know, they're not just exclusive. No matter who you are, Manscaped, best place to be. Circular deodorant. Spray. And spray. Clean yourself. Split there you go. the defense. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we'll get things started off today with a viewer question. Again, the link to the Discord is in the description, whether or not you're listening to this podcast or watching us on YouTube. Join the Discord, go to the viewer questions section the podcast question section like scroopy doopers did question for the podcast you get to add five celebrities to your group of close friends an athlete a musician a comedian an actor and a miscellaneous celebrity for your fifth pick it doesn't matter if the actor or comedian are interchangeable you still get to pick two who would you pick to join your entourage so gentlemen let's start this off you get to pick one athlete to join your close group of friends. Mm. Who is that athlete? Tomas Hurdle. You know, that's fair. <laughs> that's the most positive <laughs> human being on the planet. Like, obviously. I was going to say Patrice Bergeron, just because he would make me an even nicer human being. Yeah, and it'd, it'd be like having two dads because he's an absolute dad. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, dad. I got a new dad. His <laughs> name's Patrice. Dad. And my dad would be like, son, that's fair. Patrice O'Neal, <laughs> hell yeah. No. Oh, God, I wish. God, I miss that, man. And oh, Mills, who would you pick as a dad athlete? A dad fleet. A dad, dad, dad fleet. fleet. <laughs> um, and why would it be Fred Van Fleet? <laughs> uh, I, have, I have no idea. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm wearing a PK Subban shirt, but that'd be weird. Um, no, that'd be, why would it be weird? I don't know. I, who wouldn't want to be friends I, with PK Subban? I told you, he's like the uncle. He'd be like my uncle. He's the weird uncle at every get together, like that one part of the family. So, so why yeah, maybe you, you know what? Fuck it. Hmm? <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. PK Subban. Why not? Yeah, I'm a homer go. for PK. Apparently, that's and nothing that's wrong fun. with that. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, a musician to join your entourage. PK Subban. <laughs> PK Subban. All my answers are PK. Mika um, Zabanajah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He makes music. Um, God, I don't know. So many musicians are problematic, aren't they? Um, I don't know. Anybody got an answer for this one? A musician God. you want to be friends with? Yeah, I'm like trying to think on it. That's really kind of tough off the block, especially for Post me. Malone. There you go. Here. Yeah, please. That dude so just see, that dude is literally just as if like a weeb like got famous and became a rapper. That's that's basically it. Have you seen the early pictures of Post Malone? It's him like with like a bunch of like brony stuff, wearing a fucking tilby, neck be like not neck beard at all out, like having a sword and like he's the biggest like like he grew out of that, obviously. Like, clearly. Did he though? Um, or does he just? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but like the dude just like just now just cracks bent like fucking beer bongs out and fucking Bentley is sitting around doing whatever the fuck he wants. I think he just said the, the dude's like I hate star. The dude said I hate <laughs> hip hop, but it makes me money. I want to do rock stuff instead. But he just he doesn't even care. Like that's he's like the biggest fuck you artist out there right now. I think. So to decide this, I started scrolling through a Spotify playlist of mine and I looked know mine, for like yeah. the, the first band. Um, I'll just I'll Davy Havoc of, of AFI. Screw it. Oh. Not. Sorry. <laughs> well done. So Sin, who's your choice? Uh, Chadwick Stokes. Uh, 
that no one knows of. Um, <laughs> he's from his he's, name a, is he's the na- uh, singer of Dispatch and oh. one of the, the main songwriters. He's a very cool dude. Does a lot of work for charity, a lot of stuff like that, and it obviously very it does a. It's really fucking adventurous. Anyway, I was like, he'd be cool to chill with. He's always jumping off bridges and shit. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, 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 saw, I saw a video of them like jumping off a bridge into a lake when they're on tour. So your parents would be so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're fucking metaphor of, of the, the oh uh-huh. God, every every time. If so and so asked you to do this, would you do this? Apparently you would. Mm. Um mm. A famous comedian. If you could be close friends with a famous comedian. Another tough one. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That's going to be like. Nothing. It's it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a anti answer. I was just going to be like Chris Delia. (laughs) (laughs) Dane Cook. Oh, my God. Oh. You know what? Uh, Fuck, this is tough. Like, do they have to be near my age? Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz. Bam! 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 Um, I'm gonna go with Jim Jeffries for the Australian accent. Mm. That's fair. That's a good choice. Spice it up a little bit, because I have I have nothing but you know nice people so far. And you got to spice it up there a little bit with, uh, you know, a little bit of you controversy. Know I think like I'd go Bill Burr. Just because you need someone who you can just roast back and forth with all day. Oh, and Bill getting to talk about do the that. ruins with Bill Burr, though, would be pretty fucking sweet. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, oh cause especially because you're, yeah, I was like, well, I'm kind of surprised you didn't pick him because the whole East Coast Boston thing. Yeah, I think I'm changing my answer. I think you got me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, I'll change mine to Bo Burnham then. There you go. We sad boys together. Yeah. But write music <laughs> together too. There you go. And no, pick a comedian. I I did. Joey Diaz. Fair enough. I said pick a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. an actor to join your entourage of close friends. God, I don't fucking Brendan Fraser. Edward Norton. But yeah, Brendan Fraser is a good one. And does thinking he's got nothing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh Ryan Reynolds, just because they announced apparently him and Hugh Jackman are apparently doing another movie together. Where they just have their shirts off the entire time. No, like the Deadpool movie, like the new one's coming out. As Wolverine in it. Okay, well, they had to do that after the first two. Yeah, they just announced it maybe like half an hour ago. Oh, sick. I had no idea. That's awesome. And the final like, one. Just... Go ahead. Let's <laughs> get more to add about it. He's just sitting on a couch and he's just like, man, I really had to like bring out the stuff for the next Deadpool movie. And then you just see Hugh Jackman in the background. It's like, hey, Hugh, you want to play? You want to do Wolverine one more time? He's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And then you hear, I will always love you in the background. Oh yeah, look at that IGN. September sixth, twenty twenty-four. Two years away, eh? Yeah, now I have something to live for. Uh, a miscellaneous celebrity to join your close group of friends. 
I just I'm like so the term miscellaneous it. celebrity. So do I. I know. It's like that can mean I guess it's just a spare one. The one that we couldn't fit in the other categories. Mm. Um, Jack Edwards. That's a good one. I hate it, Jack but it's a good Edwards. one. <laughs> God, dude, you, Jack Edwards, and Bill Burr. Just, it's just going to be loud. <laughs> it's just going to be loud. <laughs> it's... That friend group is the incarnation of the Bruins guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sings the song. Bruins! Yeah. Bruins! <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. God, I want this to happen now. It's a guy. Holy I, don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, Jack. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, I just get uh, to be there. While you yap like a girl on the playground. I just oh, want to put boy. Kanye you guys West got anything that can top that? Duh. Man. Eh. Um. It's, uh, I'm torn. Mm. I guess I would have to go with uh, Eric Andre. But I also want to say po- uh, pr- uh, pre-addiction and meltdown bam margera interesting one so you're talking like 2000 10 year old and margera yeah yeah like viva la bam era bam margera yeah that'd be but if not eric andre for sure so you just get to sit there and slap phil all day with no repercussions (laughs) (laughs) i just they're always doing crazy shit like with just yeah let's just just randomly go to it's just Super funny Northern shit, like, Finland. observing that. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, all right, what we're going to do now is going to make this haggard-ass ramp in my backyard. And then there's Rab just sitting there with a shit-eating grin on his face. He's so crazy, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the Bam impression. That's fucking spot on, too. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Endo, you got anything to add, or you want to actually just talk about hockey now? <laughs> I was gonna say Kanye West, but then like you said, fucking just because the the group chat would be insane. Like, have you seen his leaked DMs and stuff like that? No, but you yeah. could be friends with Drake and attack uh, music critics on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Just, he just went after fucking Fantano's life, a, a light to mid one. <laughs> Anthony Fantano. Oh my god. Oh yeah, dude. Drake went after Anthony Fantano in Instagram DMs. Sorry, it just reminds me of Brian Fantana. That was but that's hilarious. Did he like have a burner and go after him or legit with No, no it was his actual account. account. He didn't even use a burner. Fucking moron, the best dude. part is is like he thought he owned him, so he put it on his on his Instagram yeah. story. So uh, Fantano was like, Oh, Drake sent me like a fucking vegan pasta recipe. And Drake got so mad at that that he actually leaked the DMs where he thought he like owned Fantano and instead just looks like a salty child. Soy. Literal the soy. Internet. That's what's vegan. It's not quite free, but it's worth every goddamn penny. Yeah, that's what happens oh when you think God. you're from the streets, but really you went to Degrassi. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, he had a silver right. spoon in his mouth the whole time. It's okay. Not yeah. a big deal. I mean... It's fine. Who who doesn't want to pretend that they had a... Who doesn't want to pretend that they struggled more than they actually did? Right? right. Yeah. Straight up. Like, I'm a white dude from the suburbs. We're famous for that shit. 
Yeah. That, that's my plight in life. Fake plight. <laughs> yeah. You're me? White. The plight is white, bitch. Um, anyway. <laughs> Every suburban kid who wants Show to come me a imagine trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, where is it? <laughs> oh, now you got to do your Steve Harvey endo. You have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what it is? Is this what it is? Oh god. Naked grandma! Naked, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, my favorite is um What is like name something you want a girl to do to you. (laughs) Do to your face. Sit on it. Yes! (laughs) Sit on it! (laughs) Woo! It's the best moment ever. So evidently, between the impressions, if we want to go back to Scroopy Nooper's question, you don't need anyone besides me and Endo for all your uh, celebrity friends. We'll just I, I just I just gotta be a little bit drugged up, but I won't know the difference. Yeah. Oh my god. This is all all of this is in my imagination right now. This isn't real. This is a fever dream, actually. None of you guys are listening to this. Wake up from the dream! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck hockey! This is this this is it. This is all we're talking about. Uh, this, this is the podcast at its finest. Let's be honest. Yeah, honestly, I I can't I can't do anything after Endo starts his Godfrey shit because it's uh, it's too good. <sighs> I forget what the specific clip was from Two K Ten that playthrough where you went like full Gilbert. Dude. and I are going full Don Cherry. There's some horse in this house! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, From oh. the top, make it drop! <laughs> That's the wet-ass pussy! <laughs> oh, well, everybody... Um, Especially Scroopy. I knew we only had time for one question. I had to pick the best one, and yep, it delivered. Thank you, as always, for the uh, questions. Yeah. We still got hockey to talk about. Let's Do we? Let's be honest. The real podcast is over. We'll yeah. see you next week. If you want to hang around for an hour while we talk about hockey, you can do that too. That's up to you. I wonder but, what uh, our retention has been in the off season past like the thirty minute mark. <laughs> it's like, all right, I listened to the intro. Everything's fine. Yeah. The intro is the highlight. Yeah, fuck. Holy shit. <sighs> so we are going to get into talking about two of the four divisions here on this week's show. We'll cover, like I said, the Metro and the Central next week. Boys, shall we start off? In terms of going team by team, I'm going to mention where I think they might finish, or maybe not even necessarily where they'll finish in the standings, but who I think has necessarily like the most well-rounded team, you know, the the ones with the least uh, kind of to address in a sense. Shall we start off with the Atlantic division, or do you want to jump to the Pacific? Atlantic is fine. Atlantic it is, the home of 
Boston and Toronto. Beautiful time. So, in terms of the Atlantic Division, I went through and kind of, you know, put together my little rankings there, looking at the teams, how they're set up. And, of course, you guys feel free and inevitably will end up disagreeing with me. But out of the eight teams in the Atlantic, of course, Ottawa, Detroit, Tampa, Toronto, Florida, Boston, Buffalo, Montreal, the team that I have as the worst team in the Atlantic division this season, at least on paper, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, zero argument. I mean, for a stacked division, even if Montreal would not be bottom, maybe they may I mean, they're a bubble team at the very, very best anyway in any other division. But yeah, in the Atlantic, they're dead last. No other way around it. So offensively, I have them towards the lower end. I mean, they're projected lines. And again, we should clarify here. This is off of cap friendly. This stuff could change. Training camp and preseason just started. As well, certain players might make the lineup that we didn't necessarily expect. So again, all for fun. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, But Montreal, Caulfield, Suzuki, Hoffman. Pretty good. I mean, you'd expect, you know, both Caulfield and Suzuki to keep getting better. Second line projected to be Jonathan Juren, Christian Dvorak, Josh Anderson. It's okay. Third line to Donoff, Monahan, Gallagher. It's okay. And then Armia, Evans, and Doc. That's okay. A little bit surprising that Kirby Doc would be on the fourth line after how much they gave up to get him, though, from Chicago. And the problem with this team is in terms of offense, defense, goaltending, their offense is their best attribute. And it's not amazing. (laughs) It's always been like that. Well, aside from Carey Price being like, you know, gone and everything. They've always been like, offense, great. Defense, fucking terrible. And then just relying on their goaltender to bail them out of games. And they've always had like what? one decent defenseman, like Subban for a while. And yeah, like Subban and Markoff at the same time. Like, yeah. I don't know if it'd be, yeah. if, if it would have been necessarily abysmal, but certainly not the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the same kind of story. Now is when you look at their defense, like Matheson solid Savard, you know, I consider middle pairing type guy who can hold his own with some special teams time, but yeah, it's like your two guys. Like <laughs> so, the, those extra two pairings. Yeah. So it's a uh, Corey Schooneman, I believe it is. And uh, Chris Weidman. I th- yeah. Chris Weidman, not the MMA fighter. Is it, is it um, Dennis Weidman? Like the, which not, right? not, the one that, not the one that crushed the ref. <laughs> no. And then the third <laughs> pair are two very, very young, but promising defensemen of Jordan Harris and uh, Justin Barron, but they're just so them. unproven. Right. And you're throwing them into the situation where this team yeah. probably isn't going to be that good versus, well, you got to get them time. Um, You know, you never really know how a situation like that's going to play out. And they are missing Joel Edmondson, uh, who's solid. He's out indefinitely. And then their goaltending, obviously, even with Carey Price, I don't think it would have been the highest rated in the world, but it is Jake Allen and Sam Montembeau, which I have as the second worst tandem in this division. Who's the worst? Oh, in this division. We'll uh, get to we'll get to him. Yeah, next. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, we will. Yeah. So see. for Montreal, obviously, this season, you're not expecting to have a ton of success. The bright spots the young players in the lineup, hopefully taking the next step forward, and Martin St. Louis getting his first full season with the team. Uh, you know, for Montreal, the outlook for you know for the team for their fans isn't necessarily oh yeah make the playoffs and win. 
Uh, it's it's a building year. It's a growth year for them. So, you know, them being ranked last in the Atlantic is better than them being ranked higher in the Atlantic at this stage. Yeah, you know? no, it's a good thing. Like, you can have a bad team but make good progress and still get another high draft pick to continue going down the path that you're going. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's all about building blocks. Like, that's what they got to look for in, in Montreal right now. It's just the little tiny steps that they could take. And, yeah, I'll still reiterate Harris Barron depending on some things it could be risky to have them both in a full-time top six role like as defensemen that that's tough but yeah whatever if they're ready they're ready but in my my, like in most most of our experience in the old adage like defensemen generally take a bit longer to develop so you better hope that they're ready because you don't want to ruin them because good defensemen are hard to come by (laughs) are they the most sheltered when your top defenseman right now on this team is Michael Matheson. Yeah. So like I could see a team like prime LA getting away with that when they had all that defense, like that defensive Mm. core that was just so solid and with filled with veterans too. like that. Yeah. And no, anything else to add about Montreal or we want to move on to the team in seventh. Um, Hmm. What's the one thing I want to say about Montreal? They are going to overhype the crap out of stuff. Out of yeah. what? It's Montreal life. Yeah. I didn't hear. Who, who, what are they hype, overhyping? Slavkovsky. Or how the fuck you pronounce his name. I'm oh, tired. yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, that's, like. That's the Canadian way. They even meet, like, I think uh, back in last week <clears> when they had training camp and he had his head down and, like, he bumped into a guy. And they're like, wow, he's so big and tough that, like. If you go and hit him and his head's down, you'll fly, fly off of him. It's like if he does that in the uh, basic statement, usually would be, you know, he does that in the league, he's going to get killed, you know, with his head down, he's going to be out and he's going to get injured. But it seems like they're just flipping that on its head because, oh, look, shiny new toy. It seems like Cole yeah. Coffee, which kind of went like dropped off the side of a cliff in a way of like they don't really care about him anymore. But it's like, look, they have this <laughs> new thing. Yeah, do you remember how they fucking hyped up Kot Kaniemi for years, and then the second he gets traded, they're like, hey, "Fucking fourth liner, thank you." Yeah. For the- <laughs> yeah, Slavkovsky's the one where obviously, again, we don't know if he's going to make the lineup, and I got to be honest, if he is, it, you can't exactly rate him above a, a Joel Armia at this stage, or a Sean Monahan. Like you just you don't know what a eighteen year old guy is going to be able to do at the NHL level. Yeah. So even if he is in the lineup. He's still an even bigger question mark, similar to the likes of Harris and Barron, as opposed to being more of a guaranteed over some of the veteran players that are there. Number seven. This might this might disappoint some people. The Buffalo Sabres. Now, offensively, I think it's it's not necessarily tragic, but there's just a lot of still relatively unproven talent. Top line, looking at uh, Skinner, Tage Thompson, Victor Olofsson. Not bad. Second line, Peyton Krebs, Casey Middlestat, Alex Tuck. Not bad, but again, we haven't really seen Krebs at the NHL level. Third line of Asplund, Cousins, Jack Quinn. Again, same for Quinn and Cousins, really, even though Cousins was there all of last year. And then Hina Stroza, Gergensons, and Kyle Poso, who, in his role, is still very good as like a like an elite-level bottom six, middle six type of option. They don't have a ton of depth either. Like if, if Quinn Krebs aren't really getting it done, you have like Anders Bjork and Riley Shane to step in. Um, it's probably on paper, 
like the worst offense just because of the the question marks from their super young players that they're probably going to try to get into the lineup this year. Hmm. Their defense, pretty bad as well. I don't have it as the worst defense score. You know, I, I had Montreal in that spot. Um, you have Samuelson and Rasmus Dahlin, which is okay. Owen Power and Yoki Haru, which again, Power is still completely unproven outside of what, like a dozen games, less than that last year. And then yeah. Jacob Bryson and Ilya Labushkin. Like, it's not oh, that's brutal. Labushkin ended up. Yeah, yeah, he randomly ended up in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, poor guy. If someone like Owen Power doesn't work out, they have Casey Fitzgerald, who's okay. So the offense, not great. If not, you can settle on there's a lot of young question marks. Hmm. The defense, not great. There's some younger question marks. And then there's the goaltending, which I think pretty much everyone can universally agree is the worst on paper in this division. Their two starting goaltenders are projected to be Craig Anderson, who has to be older than 99% of the people that will listen to this podcast, and Eric Comrie. The depth options, Uko Pekalukinen, if he takes the next step forward, or Malcolm Subban. It's the rise like, of UPL. He's coming. He's, he's going to do it. He's saving Buffalo. Like Unless he steps in and plays like a Calder candidate, this team, in my opinion, you know, on paper, should not be anywhere near a playoff spot. But as will be a common theme... Would it be surprising to see the Buffalo Sabres play above, you know, above and beyond the sum of their parts? I think they could. Yeah, absolutely. I think they not. could. I think um, they could be a better team than they look on than they look to be on paper. Yeah, I would have this team closer to where another team is on this list. That I am shocked that they are all the way up here. We'll get to that later. But I would have this team two spots ahead. Like I would have them sixth or fifth. Uh, in this division, probably six because fifth could actually be a wild card um, selection here yeah. uh, in, in the Atlantic because they're just so strong. So, yeah, I I think they're a little bit higher than this. Um, again, it's a tough division, but I, I, I really feel like teams in the Atlantic, maybe like Buffalo, have at times gotten a more raw deal because of the uh, division that they have been in. I do feel like they've taken really good steps and I feel like they really replaced Jack Eichel tremendously well in the aggregate with the guys that they picked up. And yeah. uh yeah, I think they I think they could they could surprise some people. I don't know. I think Owen Power could just be so like I'm talking about like more at cider levels of like the next generation of and and like the next prototype defenseman that's the word i'm looking for i think him and mo cider are the new prototype that every single fucking team is going to want to get their hands on they're just going to be so valuable you know able to put up offense but tremendous defensively and big enough to have a physical game managers Mm -hmm. jizz their pants over just that last part imagine if they got all the other tools right Mm -hmm. so like i don't know i yeah he is unproven but i'd again i'd really kind of he's gonna make some mistakes but that it's just inevitable. I think this team is going to take a huge, huge leap forward this season. And I think they're going to be a bit higher uh, than they're being given credit for on this list. To avoid being called bias or biased, we'll move to the uh, the team who ended up in, in sixth year through my little, uh, through my little uh, formula outcome. The Boston Bruins. Now, there is a reason for this. 
Let's look at their offense first, which I have kind of middle of the road. Projected lines right now to start the season, Zaka, Bergeron, DeBrusque. Not bad, not amazing. Second line, Hall, Krejci, Pasternak. Pretty good. Pretty damn good for a second line. Third line, Felino, Coyle, Craig Smith. Eh, it's not bad, but Felino was terrible last year. And in a fourth line of Trent Frederick, Tomas Nosek, Oscar Steen. It's fine, I guess. Here's the problem. Brad Marchand, who is uh, the best forward on this team, is expected out until late November, early December. Yeah, I was just like, man, if they only had a left winger, that'd be a pretty solid top nine. I'm like, wait a second, someone's missing. Marchand. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one. And that is why I have the Bruins down this far. Let's get to their defense. Projected to start the season. Hampus Lindholm, Brandon Carlo. Not bad. First pair. Eh. Mike Riley, Connor Clifton. Again, a lot of people debate how good and how effective Mike Riley actually is. I and in a third incredible. pair... Of Derek Forbert and Jakob Zaborl. Hey, Zaborl's finally in the lineup. Let's go. <laughs> he actually played pretty well last year, and then he. No, got I know, I know, I know. I'm just. I like to bring up 2015. Speaking of injured, Charlie McAvoy, not starting this season healthy. He's expected back in December. Matt Grizzlick, also injured, is listed as month-to-month after a May surgery, is still not expected to be ready for the start of the season. You are missing Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Grizzlick, and will likely not have all three in the lineup fully healthy until sometime in December. This is a team that I think at best scrapes away at a wild card spot, and then you hope that you can do the damage once you're there in the playoffs. But we saw last year how damaging it can be to try to have to overcome, you know, a a deficit like that. And some teams just don't make it and they can't recover. And with this Bruins lineup, man, I get it today. You know, the season, you know, you look at it today and it's like, okay, this was kind of the last hurrah. Bergeron's back. Krejci's Krejci's back in the lineup. But I, um... I can't be overly optimistic. The goaltending's not bad, but you don't have that elite starter yet, at least, between Swayman and Allmark either. Yeah. Endo, do you have anything? Oh, okay. No. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm had that my team's higher than your team. They are. <laughs> um, yeah, the injuries suck. And you're in such a, a shit situation in the Atlantic where, like, a slow start can almost completely screw you for the rest of the season. Because when those guys get back, the last thing you're want, wanting everyone to do is push themselves. They're already you're gonna, already going to have to have guys step up well above, you know, their capabilities right now. I mean, Zach on the first line, yikes. Um, like, well above their capabilities right now just for you to stay afloat. And then mm-hmm. everyone's going to have to do that when you get those guys back from injury. And honestly, the last thing you want to do is when people are back from injury is ask them to push and give 120%. <laughs> and that is likely going to be the situation that Boston's placed in. And yeah, I do not envy that Atlantic division. Right. Like, think of it this way. They might be fully healthy by the Winter Classic. Yeah. That's a scary, scary thought in terms of a team who's clearly built with the sole intention of making the playoffs and making yeah, one more I run. Mean that, 
yeah, it's essentially till December. I mean, that's a full month and a half. If they come back early December, that's a full month and a half of season, which yeah. is essentially a quarter of the season, I would say. Games wise, though, usually, I don't know. That's that's a lot of games, man. I just remember watching the Sharks for so many years and be like, oh, they're 500 still. What the fuck, man? And then like, it's December and you're like, ah, they still got a chance. But like, they, you never do. Like, it's so hard for a team to just change and like start being good if they're not. Even if they, even sometimes when they get guys back from injury. But yeah, again, you're in such a division where it's like a good record isn't good enough in the Atlantic, which is nuts. Like, yeah. So these next couple of teams, I will mention that, again, this is not necessarily where I think these teams will finish in the standings, but it is a sense of like how I view their rosters in terms of a well-rounded nature. Because you might be expecting Ottawa or Detroit to be here next. Let's talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, I'm not saying that they are the fifth best team or, you know, five out of eight in the Atlantic. But let's talk about this roster. And there's one thing that obviously stands out. First and foremost, their offense is pretty damn good. I don't have it in the uh, one of the top two spots. But the Lions projected to be bunting Matthews Marner. That should be great. Kerfoot Tavares, who's going to be out for three weeks, as we learned today, in William Nylander. Bottom, or bottom six, Engvall, David Camp, and Callie Arncroke. That's not bad. And in the fourth line of Wayne Simmons, uh, Nick Abrazizi, I believe it would be, as a rookie, and Nick Obey-Kubel. Obviously, with Toronto, it's reliant upon the stars and the big money players. Still, did they get the right supporting cast around them this season? Maybe. Their defense, I honestly think, is uh, arguably the best in the division in terms of well-rounded you know, nature, the depth of it. Riley Brody, Muzzin Hall, Giordano... And then the one guy you look at, it's like, eh, is Jordy Ben. But if Jordy Ben's on the third pair, probably, you know, working the PK, he's surrounded and insulated enough by good defensemen. You know, I don't necessarily think Toronto has an elite defenseman, but enough insulation with good defensemen, I think they're okay. The bottom line is, in terms of, like I said, that well-rounded approach, it's the goaltending for the Leafs that I just simply cannot bank on. It's Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. And everybody knows that that's the big X factor for the season is what the hell do you get out of these two players? Yeah, I don't like that fourth line either. <laughs> I was looking at them like, ah, man, you would expect like, and there's no Jason Spezza to give him a kick in the ass anymore when they're giving up four goals in a period because they decided to let their foot off the gas in the second. Mm. Like, I, I think people underrate how much he brought like to the room. And well, just how much he brought to that team. He always seemed to be like an energy and not just like, oh, he brings a lot to the, oh, the intangibles. No, like he would fucking go out and score a goal and like be like, wake up and people would wake up. I saw that multiple times when I'd watch the Leafs, like in this one game where mm. he was like the only one out there doing anything. And no, I mean, you know, what's always the most exciting part of the podcast for me is getting your thoughts on the Leafs, especially heading into a season. Like, based off of how I kind of constructed this outlook, is there any disagreement that, like, yep, the rest of the Leafs team is very solid, but what the hell is this goaltending going to be? Or is the attitude amongst Leaf fans a bit more optimistic now that you guys, you know, have kind of gotten to see this team in action a little bit, at least in the preseason? So I'm glad that, like, our defense is, it looks relatively proper. Um, I feel like that's a perfect allocation for the 
for that team. Um, I'm I'm still worried about goaltending a little bit too. Uh, I've I had the chance to actually talk to the um the new uh, goaltending coach during a skate randomly. because uh, I had a practice facility. Uh, I had a game at the practice facility, and just uh, I was able to talk to him after he had a skate before the kids are going to Travers for that tournament. Uh, seems like a nice guy. Uh, he's gonna be working again with like you know Matt Murray, Samsonov. Murray, I think he just had a lot of stuff on his plate. And wasn't really just didn't really bounce back because I think he had like the he had a death in the family. I think it was his dad. And he just never really bounced back off of that. That stuff can rattle you. I mean, look what happened to Marc Andre Fleury when his his father passed away. He 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 was in a slump for a while. Um Samsonov, I think he's really looking to prove himself as a goaltender. So it's a weird situation when you look at it, because both goalies are comp or they're are competable when they're when they're in their peak. But Samsonov now gets a chance to finally prove that he's the guy. And this is basically going to be like them fighting back and forth through the entire season of who's going to get the first start, who's going to get this. Uh, sort of kind of what they wanted to go with when they had Morazic and they had Campbell is you basically play for your, you play for your, you play for the number one. And then, yeah, injuries happen. Chalgren came out of nowhere. He's up there. He did pretty fairly well, honestly. Um, in terms of offense, like Tavares is out for three weeks. The thing about Spezza is that he was, he was the unofficial captain. From stuff that I've seen, like videos and everything, he was very on the ice captain, and I think he's he was a better fit as a captain than John Tavares was, because I don't see Tavares doing anything. Like with the team, maybe like behind the scenes in a locker room and everything, but on the ice, he's just deadpan, quiet, not really seeming like he's gonna like vibe people up. Like there was some stuff in the playoffs where Spets is going over the Tavares, being like, "Yeah, like just like you know talking to him, kind of like communicating and all that." And I I don't know what to expect from this team again this year. Like I want to wait till the playoffs happen. I mean, they just had a record setting year last year, but it was all for nothing. And now we basically revamp their goaltending core have a fourth line now which like uh since that is questionable and uh yeah and as sin disappears all right so i think we covered toronto pretty well endo mills chipping in as always with his with his boys in blue let's talk about the team that we had in fourth here that i had in fourth i won't pass the buck on to you again not that i believe they will finish in fourth but in terms <laughs> of the roster is constructed the florida panthers I have a feeling this will be a controversial one based off of how they finished last year, but let's take a look at this team. Offensively, I think it's kind of middle of the road. Top line for Hagee, Barkoff, Reinhardt, pretty goddamn good, obviously. Matthew Kachuk, Sam Bennett, the Calgary connection with Colin White as a presumed potential second line right wing. Third line is Lomberg, who's providing the grit Anton Lindell and Patrick Hornquist, who's a bit past it. And then Nick Cousins, Luat Starinen, and Rudolph Balsers. It just seemed kind of top-heavy to me. Very similar to a Toronto. I'd say just not quite, like, I don't know. Like, who do you take? Barkoff, Kachuk, Reinhardt, or Matthews, Marner, Nylander? I take... Yeah, I take Matthews, Marner, and Elander, one hundred percent. 
Yeah, the biggest issue is that Anthony Duclair, who would certainly help bolster that top six, is out with no clear-cut timetable for his return right now. That's a huge loss for that offense. Defensively, I also think it's middle of the road without Mackenzie Weger being there. They got real shit defensively without Weger. Yeah, so Gustav Forsling, Aaron Ekblad, good. Mark Stahl alongside Radko Gudis. Eh. And then I believe it's Gabriel Carlson and Brandon Montour, which Montour was better. You know, you could argue like his his performance looks worse because if you factor in like how he's done on Buffalo recently, but you know, prior to the trade, I'm not sold by that defense no. whatsoever. And you gotta hope Ekblad can stay healthy, which he's had some issues with in his career. Oh, God forbid he gets hurt again. That defense looks fucking abysmal. Yeah, oh yeah. What, are you going to have Forsling and Gudas as your top pair? Gross. And then there's the goaltending, which is still Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. Now, it is worth noting Spencer Knight did just sign a new extension that kicks in next year. Three years at $4.5 million. They will be able to afford it as they have $6.5 million in dead cap this season, thanks to Keith Yandel and Scott Darling. But that means they're going to be paying, I believe, both Bobrovsky and Knight combined will be $15 million in goaltending starting yep. next year. Yep. Oof. <laughs> yeah. But I I don't wanna I don't wanna jump, you know, jump the gun here and say they missed a bit of a window. But I don't know if I have as much confidence in this lineup to like take that next step forward and make a cup run like I did the lineup last year. No, and uh, I, I talked about this before when, when we kind of talked about the trade. I believe they overreacted to getting shit kicked in the playoffs. They did what every team does except on an extreme level is they brought back in uh, the, the grit, but they brought back in the ultimate grit in a guy who can also, you know, produce offense, who had a career year, but you traded two very important pieces. Like, again, I fine, it's a straight-up fine trade for me if it's Huberto for Kachuk. Maybe throw a pick in there because the age difference, but throwing in Mackenzie Wegar as well is abysmal, absolutely horrific thing for you to do as a franchise. And that's how I think they overreacted. They're so desperate to fill to fill this uh, perceived need because they got pushed. You know, they got kicked out. They got swept in the second round. They freak out and they oh my god, they panic and this is this is the result. And your team looks worse now because of it, like a lot worse. End up. Yeah, so this kind of like I hate talking about the Leafs again because everyone thinks they just believe so much, but this kind of reminds me of what everyone wants the Leafs to do, in a way, where they've been basically not getting out of the sep- the, the first round for the past like what six, seven, eight, like almost like almost twenty years at this point, and they want them to make this big move and blow it up and do all that, and that's basically kind of what. Florida did in the small point. I think what you said, Doogie, is right. They they definitely missed a window. Uh, now it's easier for them having, like, Keith Yandel's contract off the books. And he was kind of sluggish anyway. And they could probably bring someone in to, excuse me, fill up that role. But I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they were last season. They they came out of, the like, the water, just kind of just took it for their own. And I don't know what to expect from them. It'll be if they are the same way that they were last year, that's that's huge. But I don't see them having that same level of compete. I'd be happy to be proven wrong because I don't actively root against the Florida Panthers. Mm -mm. 
You know, like, I think it'd be a great story. I mean, especially too, like, you know, granted, Arizona's taken a lot of that spotlight in terms of move the franchise. It was what, two, three seasons ago that you would still see like discussions on Twitter and Reddit about moving the Florida Panthers like once a week. Yeah, they they were the punching bag for having no one in the stands. I remember that very clearly. Like that was, Mm -hmm. you know, five plus years ago. That was that was a thing to say. Yeah. So. Like I said, I'm not saying they're going to finish fourth in this division, but what I am saying is I'm not really sold on this roster. And especially, too, like, you know, you kind of live and die with the goaltending. Spencer Knight's still young. He's been good in what he's played. But then, of course, the big X factor is Bobrovsky making over 10 million bucks. And you never know what you're going to get from Bobrovsky on a season by season basis. Yeah. We get to the top three. And again, I knew this would be controversial kind of once I saw what these rosters looked like. But in third, well, rounded approach, Ottawa after the offseason that they've had. Now, their offensive depth, I have to be honest here, isn't necessarily great. And I think a lot of people are kind of pointing that out. The top six looks good. Uh, with Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Debrinkit, Stutzla, and Claude Giroux. That's pretty goddamn good. That's so sick. It is worth noting, too, that Alex Formanton would probably fit into this middle six. He is not currently signed. I believe he is one of the last couple of RFAs alongside the likes of Jason Robertson in Dallas. Uh, But right now, that bottom six, Tyler Mott, Shane Pinto, who's unproven, and Matthew Joseph, who's solid. Parker Kelly, Sharks legend Dylan Gambrell, and Austin Watson. That's a drop-off. That's a pretty sharp drop-off in terms of offensive depth. Their defense, Shabbat and Artem Zub, not bad. Nick Holden, Nikita Zaitsev, not bad. Eric Brandstrom, Travis Hamanick, not bad. But by default, that defense honestly looks a little bit better than it should, uh, based off of kind of the, the lack of depth for other teams, especially when a team like Boston is missing two of their top defenders. Just kind of by default, they, you know, they get bumped up a little bit. I feel like there's, there's less question marks in that lineup necessarily, more of like, you know, what you're going to get. And then where they kind of made up ground was their goaltending uh, with Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg. Neither are a star goalie, but more than likely you're going to get consistently solid goaltending all season long from both of them. And too. that's a pretty big deal. That's kind you know, of the new meta in the NHL. Like, it really yeah. is. That's what like most you compare them for. To Montreal, to Buffalo, to Toronto. I'm taking Ottawa's goaltending over anybody on those teams. No disrespect to Jake Allen. But, yeah, so I think, like, Ottawa, like, you, you factor in their improvements of Debrinket and Giroux, and then kind of the shortcomings of some other teams, and on paper, they look a little bit better. Now, am I willing to go out on a limb and say I guarantee the Ottawa Senators are making the playoffs? No. No, I'm not. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think all three of us would agree that the Ottawa Senators could make the postseason this year. Yeah. I just disagree. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> I love their top six. I think Ottawa had one of the best, if not the best, off seasons. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know the reason for the, the hype around the team right now, which, again, they haven't had any optimism surrounding the team really for the past five years. You know, the uh, conference final run against the Penguins and then, 
you know, the Eric Carlson trade. And since then, it's been a bit of a rough time. It is the most optimism they've had in a while. It might even set the stage for a new arena deal in downtown Ottawa. So things are looking up for them. Things are also looking up for the team that I had in second here. This is the one that I'm not so sure about, to be honest, even more so than Ottawa. Kind of, you know, makes it pretty obvious who number one is, but obviously they were going to be number one. Uh, At the second spot, the Detroit Red Wings. You're brave. Which I think might surprise, but let's talk about this team real quick. Their offense, Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond, Verana, Kopp, and David Perron. Kubalik, Suter, Zadina, Ernie, Rasmussen, and Sunkvist. With Robbie Fabry currently out her, he's projected to be injured at least up until the beginning of the new year. I love that offensive depth. You know, do they have like that true outrageous superstar? Maybe not. But I think that is, I mean, the additions of Perron and Kopp into that offense, Kubalik as well paints a much, much prettier picture than what they've been dealing with before. Yeah, and it's an Eisman team. Um, I still feel like they they should be switched with Toronto when it comes to the rankings. Um, that being said, uh, it's really hard to argue with the offseason. I feel like they had a really kind of quiet, really good offseason, at least compared to some of the other teams who, like, made more bigger splashes. They're like, they're just like, Oh yeah, we'll take cop. We'll take Perron. Sure. Why not? I loved when they got, uh, I think that's Pius Suter, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wanted the sharks to go after him so bad. And the fact that Eisman went after him, I'm like, I fucking knew it. Like anyone that Eisman goes after this point, I'm like, yeah, he's, he's solid. What I saw, I'm right. Yeah. I must've been right about what I saw. Cause Eisman builds great teams. You can't really. Yeah. yeah. So I definitely think again, Detroit, any other division, they could probably battle for a playoff spot, but in this one and just, they might might get the wild card, but it's again. I could be wrong. I just I don't like their goaltending. <laughs> like, no, see, I, we'll get it's to so that. So inconsistent, despite how good we think this those two are, because they've showed promise at certain times. Yeah, I don't know. I there it's yeah. I think both of them are unproven, and uh, if if Ottawa's like, hey, these are good because you know you're going to get consistent, solid numbers out of them. Detroit's the opposite of like these guys could be good, but they've never really been consistent. I think that's fair with, with Huso and Nadelkovich. Yeah. Um, like that high end talent that they've shown in, in brief moments is there. Uh, but like you said, will they consistently hit that mark? And then defensively it's better, but it's still not amazing. Sherat Sider, Olimata and Philip Ronick, Jordan Osterle and Gustav Lindstrom because of the injuries to Mark Pissick and Jake Wallman. Um, like I said, I certainly like, despite how these, you know, these teams look and it was just a basic way to kind of compare teams. Yeah. I would still side with the idea of Florida and Toronto being better than Detroit, but I think it also shows in a sense that Detroit shouldn't be terrible. Yeah. I don't know if any team in this division outside of Montreal has an excuse to necessarily be terrible. Um, even, you know, Buffalo, I would be shocked if they're in contention for a playoff spot, but to me, that leaves six teams who should 100% be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. I don't know if there's a disagreement there either, but Boston, Toronto, Florida, Ottawa, Detroit, and our number one. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I said what I needed to say about them. I'm opening the door right. for Endo here. <laughs> yeah, he speaks I don't up know. If he's got something to add. I don't, I don't know about the chart being that high. Um, just, I mean, like, yeah, like they, they, they've gotten better, but I don't think that they're there yet in a way. I mean, with Fabry being out for like till like at least 2023, you have no real deadline when he's going to come back. Are you really going to see them step, see that depth step up and help them out? I mean, they have a good depth pool, I guess, but are they ready enough to actually put that extra step forward and get in there? Or are they just kind of like depth, They're like a body that they can just put in? There? Yeah. That's the thing about Fabry is that he's kind of always been injured, but then also. Mm-hmm. Detroit's kind of always been in the bottom of the standings. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. The number one, at least on paper for the moment, I still have Tampa. Yeah. At least in terms of, you know, how I elected to kind of put this little deal together to directly compare these teams. That's fair. Off- offensively, Stamkos, Point, Kucherov. It's the best top line in the, in the division, maybe in the league. Kaloran, um, Paul, Hagel, uh, Cole Kopke would be a rookie with Vladislav Nemestikov, Ross Colton, and then Maroon, Belmar, and Corey Perry. The missing name is Anthony Sorelli, who is going to be out injured until December. With him, obviously, this offense looks even better. That is yeah. still an incredibly difficult to deal with offense in Tampa. It is because even though their depth, they might not, or their bottom six, they might not be the most like. Well, we see how effective they are. We already know how effective their their bottom six can be because it's by and large a lot of it's the same. You know, Corey mm-hmm. Perry's a a wasp. Maroon somehow is always finding a way to do something in some way. Belmar, I've always kind of liked him. He's been he's you know pretty solid fourth line guy. Uh, yeah, and again they're proven. <laughs> And so even even Nick Paul on that second line, like he'll hold his own like he he had some big clutch moments in the playoffs. Like he would spark that team when, again, it seemed like they didn't want to. He wasn't either. Yeah, like was it the series clinching game against Toronto where he scored two goals and was just yes. an absolute beast? Yeah, he can you can play top six, I'm sure, for at least the time. And he signed forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. On a, a cheaper deal to have gotten that term. Their defense, Hedman and Calfoot, so Foot's a bit of a question mark. Sergachev and Chernak, which might be the best second pair in the entire league. And then Ian Cole with Phil Myers. So three stud defenders, and then a veteran in Cole, and two relatively unproven, still relatively young guys in, in Calfoot and Phil Myers to try to step up. Don't they have uh, I'm blanking on the name now, but they signed that guy to a three year, like almost a league minimum deal last season. He did the first year of that. Zach Bogosian. Thank you. Yes. Who was hurt. Ah, well, there you go. He can also (laughs) fill in. Yeah, I I wasn't aware he was hurt. Yeah, he is on IR temporarily. He's pretty solid. He surprised me how solid he was. Ooh, Bogosian? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's. As of July 13th on Cat Friendly was listed with a five month uh, you know, injury to ah. the shoulder. 
Uh, so he'll be back towards, you know, the end of this year, if not into 2023. All right. And then their goaltending, yeah. which Tampa's goaltending, to me, it's the best. Because you have a decent backup and a veteran in Brian Elliott, and you have the best goaltender in the world right now, maybe. Yeah, and Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, Tampa's still an incredibly well-constructed team. Yeah. So, Tampa, they're making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Despite the order that we talked about these teams, Detroit, bubble team. Yeah. Fair. Ottawa, bubble team. Fair. Florida, more likely to make it, but not that far. Like, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not quite Tampa, and it would be a unbelievable to see them miss the playoffs, but they're not quite bubble team status either. They're in the in-between. Yeah, there's, there's a few more question marks in the Atlantic this season, I would say. Uh, with certain teams getting better and then other teams visit, kind of maybe regressing slightly and maybe Toronto and Florida. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'd, I'd still say, it. I, 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 just, I just can't even say a top three in, in the Atlantic. Uh, I would have to say I top have two. two. I have, Toronto I think it's Tampa. Tampa. Yes, yes, Toronto, Tampa. They're making the playoffs. Whatever. Everything else, fuck. It mm-hmm. could, and that's kind of neat because it was the Atlantic. I think it's still going to be a really good division, but now like all the, all the meat grinder instead of happening near the top is going to happen right in the middle. And that's yeah. going to make for some exciting hockey down the stretch. Yeah. Unless know, like, every team decides to tank for Connor Bedard. <laughs> and you might see a lot of teams doing that. This might be the, this might be one of the either best performing like lower like battles to get into the playoffs or it might be just an entire shit show just because people are willing to tank for Bedard and then you have Fantilli and then you have Michkov which Michkov is probably going to get over they're going to grab his rights regardless because you don't want to pass up Michkov because of his talent level on it just insane yeah and we don't know in terms like the wild card split either like it's not a guarantee Mm -hmm. that four or five atlantic teams make it not even close so a lot of intriguing that division and we'll talk about our western division for this podcast which is the pacific again same kind of thing and we could talk about what order we think teams might actually finish in uh but based off of how i set this up team number eight in the pacific division the anaheim ducks and i don't know how much disagreement there will be i feel like there's one it's one of these bottom two teams i think you could see finishing last in the pacific but i have anaheim yeah. there at least with the way this was set up i would have switched them well we'll talk about that but <laughs> anaheim's offense way too many question marks henrik zegras terry pretty good comtois strom vetrano must be better suited as a third line instead of a second line. Uh, Max Jones is coming off of a pretty big injury. Mason McTavish, who fucking looked unbeatable at the World Juniors, but it's an entirely different story at the NHL level. Yeah. He'll have Silverberg on his right, who's still pretty solid. And in the fourth yeah. line of uh, Benoit Olivier Guru, Isaac Lundstrom, and Derek Grant, which is fine. Super young. Yeah, it's, it's very young. young. And there's no like truly like slam dunk. This guy is elite right now. Player Zegers, excuse me. <laughs> Cover boy Zegers, okay. Excuse me, he can Michigan. Yeah. 
What do you mean your name's? What do you mean you're Evgeny? Sorry, I just laughed. <laughs> what do you that. mean it's Evgeny Savetchnikov? <laughs> <laughs> he can't fucking Michigan. How are we gonna deal with that kid in Anaheim? Oh fuck. Uh, the Ducks defense, Fowler, Klingberg, Vakanine, and Shattenkirk, Kulikov, Drysdale. It's fine. I mean, Klingberg obviously on the one-year deal. Kulikov, who they got for dirt cheap from Minnesota. Fowler's still pretty damn good, if not underrated. Shattenkirk's solid. But then, you know, Vakanine, young, Drysdale, young. So it's it's fine. It's not the worst defense score in that division. And then the goaltending, John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz. Elite when they are on their game, they can be one of the better tandems in this division. Yeah. I am not personally sold, based off of everything I've seen from an analytical perspective. I am <laughs> not sold on John Gibson's numbers are down because of everything else except for John Gibson. I'm not sold on that. EA clearly disagrees. He's still going to be a 90 in NHL 23, but I disagree with that. You know, I think we've seen examples of bad teams, bad defenses, bad coaching, still good goaltending performances and good goaltending numbers there. If John Gibson's truly that good, why yeah. can't he overcome that? Because he uh, unfortunately uh, did it for too long and now his back's given out from carrying that those teams. And now he can't, he just can't do it anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, I think he's lost a step. I still think he's a, he's a solid goaltender, but he's definitely yeah. not what he was. Maybe you could see it. Maybe some of that youth is going to energize him again. And maybe the fast paced play that hopefully Anaheim, Anaheim will begin to insert back into their game because they damn well should with all those young legs on that team <laughs> will kind of give him that energy again. And I'd like to see that. Uh, it's, but yeah, because I've always liked Gibby. I got that autographed picture. Yeah, same here. <laughs> and yeah uh, just about just gibson itself it's really funny to see how everyone thought that you know freddie anderson coming from anaheim went to toronto they went oh toronto ruined him because of that style of play i think the post seasons for toronto and for anaheim were very comparable granted anaheim had more success i think they got out of the round they got the first round at least once i, I believe i can't remember but it just, I feel like both of those goalies had very similar styles in which they basically had to carry both teams and they did it until they broke. And then when they broke, all hell broke loose because you have nothing to fall back on. I think John Gibson can do well, but I don't, like you said, I don't think he's going to be the same he was before. That Anaheim team is going to be at the bottom and I see them just, I see them gunning for either a goaltender in this draft or looking for obviously dart for the bottom yeah shit i would go for bedard if i was them i mean i agree with them being at the bottom although i want the next team to be at the bottom I, although i know they won't they're gonna just well, hang that around team. hang around hang around that team is the san jose sharks whose offense i had rated slightly above anaheim's meyer hurdle barabanoff Lindblom, couture lebanc as a second line Second liner Lindblom, baby. Oh my god. God, looking at this, it's horrible. Gregor Benino Kunin. Nieto, Sturm, and Lawrence. That's Long Beach native Matt Nieto. That team looks bad. Very <laughs> bad. You know what that needs? It needs a nice William Eklund and a nice 
I don't play William Eklund at the NHL level this oh, year. Oh, I don't either. I wouldn't. Yeah. I'd, I'd play him AHL. Fuck, you know, burn a year off his entry, whatever. Um, Yeah, play him with uh, – why, why do I always blank on this kid's name every time? Portola. <laughs> yes, I love the guy. And I always – I'm like, I always want to say Boudreaux. I'm like, that's not right. Anyway, yes, Bordalo, dude, Eklund and Bordalo. God, how much better is that second line going to look with them on it? Mm. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, what drags down the Sharks is this defense core. Top pair projected, Redeem Shimmick and Eric Carlson. Mario Ferraro with Mark Edward Vlasic. Keeping the dream alive, baby. And Marcus Nudivara with Matt Benning, who's solid. Well, I like Matt Benning. Um, God, I forgot. Uh, it's, it's I, I, I know the trade happened, but it's still a shock not to see Burns there with Ferraro mm. or Burns with Shimmick. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Ferraro's going to do. How is he going to step out without Bur- without, you know, how's he going to step up both in, in two presences? It's kind of on the ice and in the locker room. He's always kind of been a, sort of a natural leader. He was, you know, had that voice, but like, being Burns' partner, I kind of feel like Burns would have taken the lead in a lot more situations like that, both in the locker room and on the ice. So I'm kind of excited to see what Ferraro's going to do. He's very, very competitive. Analytically, there is some question marks, but Hart, he's all there. <laughs> and I do like him. We'll see. Goaltending-wise, it's been a carousel, but it comes down to James Reimer and Capo Kakinen. Mm-hmm. Depending on what numbers you look at, James Reimer is the most underrated goaltender in the league at this stage. He 100% is, and we better get a first for him at the deadline. Like, he, you know, I I think hasn't escaped nine years ago. Like, it's just his legacy has become, right or not, oh, he's the goal. He was was the goalie for the Leafs when they blew it to the Bruins in 2013. And that is not fair or or indicative of how well he's played since. No, and I wonder why certain players get these things attached to him, whereas other ones, even though they're in a similar situation or something, they never seem to ever get blamed for anything. And it's mm. it's 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 weird. I mean, we've seen that quite a bit for like different sort of players. I mean, like take take for example, uh, you know, some big physical defenseman who's absolutely awful, but they never Eric seem to Branson. be the one. Yeah, Erica Branson, Rista Linen. They never seem to be blamed for anything. They always get these big contracts and they're always needed. And like then you have someone like Reimer, who's just one of the coolest human beings on the planet and has just been extremely underrated. He's an incredible goaltender. He he was facing like 40 shots a night for the Sharks and allowing two goals, like trying this damnedest for the Sharks. And they're just like, oh yeah, we can't score. Look at her. Look at this, look at this first line. Look at this first line. What is this? Hmm. So, yeah, San Jose, I could see being worse than Anaheim this season. Um, you know, I do trust, uh, the, you know, like I said, the goaltending is, is fairly comparable. You could say the defense definitely goes to Anaheim, but I think the offense goes to San Jose. So it, yeah. it just kind of depends on what young players make the lineup for each Cock- team and how they end up performing. And Cockin and while unproven, I really like some of the, what I saw from him down the stretch on that shitty ass Sharks team. Um, I really th- and what he did for Minnesota before he got to the Sharks too. Again, still unproven, but moments there, like moments like you saw from Net uh, Nedeljkovic or however the hell you say his name, like 
solid I, moments I, where he I, looks I like I like Nedeljkovic as opposed to Nedeljkovic first. I don't know. I never. I used to say like Ned Yelkovich, and then like I just Ned. So easy. Shout out to uh, Mikhail Sergachev. That was one of my favorites. Uh, back in the day when he was first getting to the league. Yeah. Gail Sergachev. Uh, so I think, you know, there won't be any disagreement when we talk about the top teams. These two teams should be the bottom two in the Pacific Division. And if they're not, it's a failure on the other six. That they were somehow worse than these two. Cruel but understandable. First, perhaps a little controversial one. Let's talk about Vancouver next. Hey, the kids, offense right I'm a Vancouver. I'm a Vancouver. <laughs> uh, their offense, Pearson, Miller, Garland, pulled Colson, Horvat, and potentially Curtis Lazar. Third line, Kuzmenko, Pedersen, Mikheyev, and then Dickinson, Joshua, Hoaglander. What's Pedersen the- doing on the third line? Now, again, blame cap friendly. But that's what they okay. have at the moment in the aftermath of Brock Besser's injury. He's going to miss the first month of the season. Put him but on the wing. <laughs> Shit. I was going to oh, say, so, like, on one hand, yeah. I don't hate the idea of, you know, Kuzmenko's coming over from the KHL. Mikheyev obviously comes in from the Leafs. Oh, yeah. And then you have Pedersen between them. If that actually works out, that is a fucking third line that most teams wouldn't be able to handle. Very true. But at the That's same time, it's just, yeah, the optics of Elias Patterson being on the third line, if that is indeed what they go with, is yeah. uh, scary. I would get it if Horvat had better support in his wingers on the second, but that's the third line. Like, yeah. to, in my opinion, like, if you're going to have Horvat second line, you better have two talented offensive wingers because Horvat, while good offensively, is always, in my mind, more of a defensive-minded center. Mm. Yeah. And, um, as of a Two hours ago, Ilya Mikhaev is week to week with lower body injury. So oh. he might be ready. Yeah. He took a tumble. He got hit during uh the preseason game with the uh the flames. And uh he landed on his wrist. So what she tripped, fell, landed on his wrist. Anyway, sorry. Lower body. There's like it looked like he landed on his wrist, but it was saying lower 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 body injury. Could have landed so on his wrist. That's a bit scary. Yeah. Then you get to their defense. Top pair projected to be Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers. Second pair, Quinn Hughes playing with Luke Shen and Travis Dermott with Tucker Pullman. It's not abysmal. Tucker. But could I uh could I be excited about that as a No. As a Canucks fan, I I don't know. I feel like I'd be trying to fool myself a little bit, you know. Yeah, and then that's not good. Yeah, and then their goaltending is Thatcher Demko, who's obviously amazing, but their backup is Spencer Martin, who is unproven. He was very solid in a very limited sample size with them last season, but that would scare me too as a Canucks fan because the idea of Spencer Martin doesn't work out, you're going to end up playing Thatcher Demko sixty fucking games in the regular that's season. What I was- just gonna say he's the new Gibson and I'm scared for his future because like we know he's kick ass right now man but how many how many years can he do this and Vancouver's been making some very interesting moves that are to me are lateral or regressive moves to their roster I have no idea what the fuck they're doing 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because the conversation a few years ago, you know, especially in the NBA, was the concept of load management and just how much do you play star players in the regular season. And the conversation was like, oh, how long until that's really a big time conversation in the NHL? It's like the fucking Spaceman meme. It always has been. It's just been so focused on goaltenders. Yeah. And how often they play at now more so than ever. Um, you know, Vancouver is a team that I think absolutely would view this season as a failure if they don't make the playoffs, especially after re-signing JT Miller. But can I list them as like one of the slam dunk teams to make the playoffs out of the Pacific? No, I can't. And that kind of brings us to our next team, the Seattle Kraken, who are in a pretty similar spot, I would say. Last year, in this little uh, formula setup, uh, I might have had Seattle as the the best-looking team on paper in this division. That uh, did not age very well. No, it aged so poorly. Like, right when the season started, it was just like, fuck Doogie. (laughs) Immediately. (laughs) Yes. I watched their first game. I was like, oh, they're not bad. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh, what do you do? Oh, Oh, no. Oh, honey. Oh, oh, Oh. jeez. Oh, Oh, Lord. Can't look away. Oh, look away. Oh, I can't see. (laughs) Their offense this year. First line right now is projected to be Ryan Donato, Maddie Beneers, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Donato, who they let go of and then brought back. Beneers, who obviously former second overall pick. You know why? Because they can save him. All right, they can. Save we call him. that in the business like catch and release. <laughs> the oh. never-ending Ryan Donato reclamation project. Yeah, Holy he's the shit. new Galchenyuk man. Oh. They did add Bjorkstrand from Columbus for fucking nothing, which is uh, hilarious. Like every hate. team yeah. should be jealous of what how little they had to pay uh, to end up getting Bjorkstrand. Means their second line is Jared McCann, Yanni Gore, Jordan Eberly, which is awesome. Yeah. Their third line, Schwartz, Wenberg, Burakovsky. Like fuck's sake. Like if it does work, having Donato and Beneers on the top line, you know, even their fourth line is Tanev, Geeky, and Donskoy. I love that offensive core if the risk of like playing Donato and Beneers in a higher role works out for them, because they could roll a lot of really good lines. They could. No Shane Wright, though. Bust. Um, <laughs> we'll see if he makes it. Yeah, no. Uh, I do. I really like that middle six a lot, at least what it is on paper. Mm. Again, putting Beneers, Donato, and Bjorkstrand into risky, I think eventually the first one out is going to be Donato because you want to try to put Beneers and Bjorkstrand because we know Beneers is obviously – but he was very, he's obviously going to be, you know, have some solid offensive talent, but he was also touted as kind of, you know, a pretty decent two-way guy. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see with a Bjorkstrand and how he'll develop that going up against other teams, often one or two sees matchup wise, or going up against a third liner, who's just going to be, you know, try his best to take away the puck from your stick. How's he going to handle that situation? That's a big role. Last year, their defense was what really stood out to me. This year, I'd argue they probably have, like, the second-worst defense core on paper in this division. <laughs> Top pair, Vince Dunn and Adam Larson, Jamie Alexiak and Justin Schultz, Carson Soucy and Will Borgen. Might as well be Nick Schultz. It might as well be. Bring him back <laughs> after all these years. Justin. Their goaltending on paper is still strong. But holy fuck, did that not mean a goddamn thing last year, <laughs> Grubauer and Drieger? 
Um, yeah, I again think for Seattle, do they have a team that could potentially push for a, a wild card spot? Yes, but man, uh, despite how cool that offense looks like, you know, uh, look, looks like it could be, and how good it looks like it could be, that defense and that goaltending scares the crap out of me. Yeah. So while on paper, you know, through this little formula here, they we talked about them after Vancouver. I would certainly have Vancouver with higher aspirations than Seattle. Yeah, possibly. But hey, you never know. Maybe uh, maybe you get it right this year. Maybe now that their defense is shit, they're going to lock it down and that offense is going to is going to do it. It's all right, too. We're all wrong occasionally. Everyone. You, you just have to eat the most crow. Uh, all of it. Literally all yep. of it. <laughs> the fourth team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Yes. Their offense is not elite, but not bad. Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, and Phil Kessel. Oh, the yeah, Phil Kessel reclamation game. project. Marchessault, Stevenson, Stone. Howden, Carlson, Amadio, Carrier, Wah, and Colasar. Of course, Nolan Patrick out for the season. Not bad, but like Jesus Christ, like the fact like, yeah, Pacioretty's not here anymore and Dadnoff's not here anymore and this guy and this guy and this guy. It's it's absurd how much roster turnover they've had, obviously. Their yeah. defense, though, is kind of what saves them for me. Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Hutton, White Cloud. I really fucking like that defense on paper. Like those are six really, really strong players. But their goaltending is the big question mark. Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson. Brossois is out indefinitely still, and Robin Leonard is confirmed out for the season. Where would they be if those two guys were healthy? Who's to say? But Aiden Hill has shown flashes at the NHL level, and Logan Thompson tried his damnedest to will that team into the postseason last year. Fell just short. I, um... I think Vegas again will have the expectations of playoffs or it's a, or it's a disappointment. I just don't know if they make it. I hope they don't. <laughs> Flat out. I, hope they I want don't. them to continue to suffer for, for what, for how they think that hockey works and how they have tried to build a team. And their social media presence. That, that alone. That, yeah, that alone. They, oh, good lord. They just keep Holy getting fuck. more cringe. You know what it is? It's like your weird fucking uncle who is like completely out of touch and like he uses his phone man? like for, for, for what? Shut up. So it's like, you know what? Okay, for the for the visual watchers right now, it's like, you know, your uncle who like holds his uses like his one like index finger to use his phone and like he zooms in on every single picture. Think of I that person. Right now. Yeah, think of that person, <laughs> but if they were a social media team for a National Hockey League team. Or like trying too hard. To, it's like they're trying too hard to relate to people. It's like, wow, look at this. The Kobe connection. It's, it's called the Mamba mentality. It's called the Mamba mentality. Fuck you. It's okay. No, see, because they both had numbers of Kobe ones, but ones was, you know, one, only one of them was the rapist number, so. <laughs> I love that joke. God damn it. Um, you know, it's um, the, be the best way I can think to bring Endo's analogy home is it's the Steve Buscemi, how do you do fellow kids 
of social media yeah. management with the Vegas it Golden is. Knights. It is. And it's they've just bad. doubled down on it. When it started, yeah. it was kind of neat, but it was a different. It, they have a completely they fired that guy. I think um, they fired like three different people for that role. Probably. Already. But they're like, they're probably like, hey, you're not being like, I don't know why they keep. Yeah, like why they just keep doubling down on it. I'm just like, it's very weird. But hey, who knows? To be honest. So who Vegas knows? will, you know, again, kind of talk get some about engagements. Everything. And if that's all they care about, it's they're running their fucking Twitter account the same way they run their team poorly. All <laughs> uh, all attentions, good attention. Yeah. You know, old saying there. Third, let's talk about the L.A. Kings. And again, one that might be a bit a bit debated, discussed. Offense, Kempe, Kopitar, Fiala, more Dano, Arvidsson. I follow Byfield, Kaliev, Grundstrom, Lazat, Lemieux. A lot of it kind of hinges upon the success of the younger guys like Byfield and Kaliev. And if Trevor Moore can keep performing well. But, man, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I mean, you know, you add Kevin Fiala to this team. I don't think you can complain too much about that offense. It's just, it's not a sure thing though. No, a lot of, a lot of question marks, but they're in a division where there's a lot of question marks all over the place, except, well, I'm honestly, there's no team in this specific division that doesn't have a bunch of fucking question marks. Sure. Yeah. Like in the Atlantic. Yeah. There's a couple teams that really don't have question marks, but this specific division is just one big question mark. Uh, so LA has got a great chance to, to come out and make the playoffs. And I hope they kick Vegas out in the process. Go get them LA. <laughs> Look at me cheering for you fuckers. <laughs> the defense. I love how all of California has been united in their hatred of Vegas. Oh, it's straight up. Like the, it used to, you know, they used to be the fiercest of rivalries between Anaheim, LA and the sharks, just like a, a, a trifecta of hatred and vitriol. And then Vegas comes into the picture and we all just turn and just like, <laughs> It's yeah. Fuck these guys. Yeah. Who the fuck are these guys? It's like you know, that weird sibling thing where you're all beating the shit out of each other. But if someone else comes in from outside and like starts fucking <laughs> with you, you all turn on him and beat the fuck out of him. Like, <laughs> bro. Yeah. I've always wanted to experience that. I just, I just have all my cousins getting your shit beat up and you come to California, man. I'll fuck that. I'll fuck that ass up. What up? <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. I meant like, you know, like um... as a, my cousins like uh, I'll get personal. My family like I I'm an only child, Bite right? The so I don't have any siblings. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Sin. Um so like anytime that I had like that that sibling kind of like relationship with my cousins. And so like they'd always beat the crap out of each other, right? And then the minute I try to do that, they start beating the crap out of me instead. <laughs> so it's like damn. Y'all are y'all are rude. The uh LA defense uh, Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, Alex Edler, Matt Roy, Matt Wah, Matt Roy, Sean Walker, yeah. Sean Dersey. Solid. Again, like you don't have that like truly elite defender anymore. Sorry, no. Crash Andrews about Drew Doughty, but it's True. still very, very good. Very well-rounded. Yeah. Like there's not an obvious weak link. Drew Doughty has never been top 10. And now that we got that out of the way, I said his name. Uh Anyway, that's <laughs> I don't even uh, that's a meme on my channel. It doesn't exist here anyway. Um, yes, I uh, they're they're there. Um, I'm ex- I think Quick and Peterson can with that defensive core. Uh, I think they'll be able to scrape by some wins even when some of their unproven forwards aren't able to get the job done. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, again, that goaltending on paper, I have it as one of the more solid options just because I think both when they're on their game have proven to be very, very solid. Whether or not you're going to get both on their game is the big question mark. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan Quick now, even in his advanced age, is still a very, very solid goalie. Mm-hmm. So, yep. you know, you look at something like this, and it's why we say on paper. And on paper really kind of means, like, if all things go well for this team, the Kings have a legitimate shot at the playoffs, certainly. Absolutely. There are two teams, though, that I have as slam dunks to make the playoffs out of the Pacific. Yeah. And it's both Albertan teams. We'll talk about Calgary first, though. Top line, Huberto, Lindholm to Foley. Again, Jonathan Huberto, the all-time leading scorer in Florida Panthers history. Yes, you lose Kachuk, but you add somebody like that. Pretty damn good. Yep. Second line, Manjapani, Nassim Kadri, Blake Coleman. Sick. That team is scary. That top six. Jesus. The bottom six is concerning until you until who you remember the coaches. You got Dubé, Backlund, and Trevor Lewis, Lucic, Kevin Rooney, and Brett Ritchie. On paper, that bottom six is atrocious. <laughs> but who is the coach? Daryl Sutter. Your 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 defensive physical grit grinders like he's got a system for that. <laughs> yeah, so they aren't as scary as they would be to look at if they were on a different team. I think that's fair to say. You get to this defense, and I have this defense as the best defense on paper in the Pacific Division: Hannafin and Anderson, Weger and Tanev. And then Sheelington and Zadorov. On paper, that defense is fucking awesome. The The way the Calgary Flames have rebounded from how bad it looked like this offseason would be to where they are now is astonishing. Yeah. And then in goal, you have Jake Markstrom and Dan Vladar behind him. Vladar, of course, is still a little bit unproven. Um, hence why goalie-wise, I'm a, I'm a little bit concerned about them, but... No, Calgary has rebounded from like, oh, shit, you might as well tear it down to like, if you miss the playoffs, that's a disappointing season for this roster. And it's the same thing. As I know, I I know sometimes I set you guys up and you just left with nothing but like, yeah. And that's fair. There's nothing you ain't wrong. I take the silence as a positive as a positive sign. You know, the Edmonton Oilers, though, on paper, are the best team in this division. They are the team with the highest aspirations. They are the team where it's not just, oh, if we miss the playoffs, it's disappointing. If you're not competing for the cup, it's disappointing. Offensively, it's obviously the best offense in this division. Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto, Hyman, Dreisaitl, Pugliarvi, McLeod, Nugent, Hopkins, Holloway, Yanmark, Ryan, Fogel. It's it's pretty damn complete, depending on what you get from the likes of uh, McLeod and Holloway, who are still younger and looking to take that next step. Yeah. Their defense leaves a bit to be desired. You know, Nurse Bouchard, pretty goddamn good. They'll put up a lot of points. Kulak and Barry, Brett Kulak's that like prototypical defensive defenseman who will allow Tyson Barry to maybe do what he used to do for the likes of Colorado. And then Philip Berg as a younger defenseman with Cody Cece, not that bad. Their goaltending, Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Skinner's Stuart a bit Skinner, unproven. Franchise backup. I mean, this team, he's great. It's a, it's a great fucking team on paper, man. Like it they really are. is. 
they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to 100% make the playoffs. We all know that. Like, there's no real risk for them anymore in the Pacific to, well, I don't want to put anything past them, but McDavid and Drysaddle will drag that team kicking and screaming into the playoffs in this division. At the very they least. They did. Yeah. They did. And it's at this point, it's just a matter of what they do when they get there. Mm-hmm. I like Campbell. I really do like Campbell again. And uh, they're still lacking some of that depth, but they're top six. And with Nuge centering the top nine by extension of that is still going to be solid. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, if your center depth is McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, like <laughs> you're so good. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the big things too is, Jack Campbell's coming from a defensive team with the Leafs, which was a, a little bit better than what Edmonton has going for them right now. Hmm. Um, so I'm surprised. I'm I can't wait to see how this plays out for him, where he's not going to have that same support as he did. I think arguably the past year that like defensive core has been the best it's been with the Leafs, in I'm going to say decades. It's always been a big issue with the Leafs when they had their stuff over there. Whatever, we're going to stop talking about it. But just McDavid, Dreisaitl, they're just going to carry this team again. Um, they're going to see... I want to see who's going to end up playing with them on different wings and all that because Evander Kane's on there. He's a, he's a mainstay on that line with McDavid. Hmm. I wonder if there's going to be any other like people stepping up this year in case like Warren Fogley doesn't do well or Dylan Holloway doesn't you know, be Dylan Holloway. I wonder if they have anyone in the depth uh, in their system that's going to like bounce back up for them for offense because they can outscore any team. And that's what they've basically been doing. And now that you have a goalie that's relatively good, I don't know what you're going to do. No offense to Mike Smith and, you know, Koskinen, but, you know, yeah. I- I'm excited to see what this team does because I know they're going to outscore everybody, but if they, if they can get the puck out of their end, they're fine. So in this division, we were both or all kind of in agreement, both Calgary and Edmonton playoffs bare minimum. Like that's yes. your expectation and that like anything shy of that would be a disaster. LA. I think it'd be disappointing for them to not make the playoffs. I could see a world where they don't, but I think it'd be very disappointing if they didn't make it. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Vegas, certainly. I mean, it would be a disaster for them to not make it. They should. And then... You know, Vancouver, I think you put in that L.A. category of your you certainly got your eyes on the playoffs. It'd be disappointing to not make it. I hope Seattle does. I hope Seattle does. So, see, like, I think I think our, our ranking here can be Edmonton, Calgary in tier A. Yes. Tier B, tier two, whatever is L.A., Vegas, Vancouver as well, like you should make the playoffs. It's disappointing if you don't. But we can see a reality in which you don't. Yeah. Third tier is Seattle. They're kind of in between that. And then the fourth tier of Anaheim and San Jose of like, you're fucked. Yeah. We're, the, we're, we're that, we're that stupid Hydra head. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a fair way to rank it? Those four different yeah. tiers? You think that's accurate? I think so. Yeah. And Seattle being in one in their own, I think is very fair. Cause they're kind of different than every other team in here. Uh, being that they're still new and stuff, obviously, but they have like the capability, the talent level. It's just, they seemed so poorly coached last season. Like, 
what like with what they were on paper, we were so surprised to watch them look fucking clueless out there, especially defensively. And that's what exactly what they did often is look fucking clueless. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think any of us expected them to be as bad as they were. Yeah, and I hope they're not because man, if the sharks suck, I want Bedard. I want a first overall pick at some point in my life. Why not now? It's my money. I need it now. <laughs> it's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> I have uh, my tanking, and I want to tank now. now. <laughs> Call Tinsky Wentworth. Eight seven seven tank now. Shark Tank and shit too Ah. Cause it's the Shark Tank Yeah Ah. With that everybody I think that does it for this extended edition Of the Tukey's Take Podcast We'll be back next week to talk about the Metro and Central divisions As well Uh, Get a hold of us let us know what you thought as well Of of our takes Were we off the mark am I going to be completely wrong About Seattle for the second year in a row Yes yes I am more than likely, I think they're going to live to fucking make my life miserable at this stage. Um, and how right is sin that the Vegas Golden Knights can suck it? Let them, let them know. Let them hear it. <laughs> um, speaking of which, Sim, what do you got going on on the uh, the lovely YouTubes? Yeah, just point? wrapping up the draft of glory. Still wrapping up the Total War Warhammer series. Uh, don't know what I'm going to do uh, between now and when NHL 23 comes out. Uh, Maybe do another Civilization series. Who the hell knows? But yeah, just doing doing my thing, and uh, playing a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of Warhammer tabletop too, which which brings me a lot of joy. Having buddies come over, and actually my cousin in law come over. It's been great. Warhammer, a real family affair. <laughs> yeah. And no, what do you got going on, Budsky? A lot of FIFA. Actually, it might be starting on my first stream for FIFA uh, this this week. Not sure when it's going to be exactly. Uh, I've been trying to troubleshoot the PC version of the game because if anyone here is looking to pick up FIFA 23 and you have it on PC because they added hypermotion or as I call it, hypertension. Um, the uh, the game boots up at 5K resolution for no reason at all. And I'm I'm super confused as to why. So I went to boot the game up and it just booted 5k resolution. I'm like, what is going on? Fix that and everything's running fine. Uh catch me twitch.tv slash no mills. Uh might be going to YouTube and do stuff over there as well. Uh, you know. Watson. Nothing. I just love how every time you, you do your plugs, there's also a mini story inside of every plug about something it is. that goes on with what you're plugging. I love it. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be playing a lot of FIFA with the boys. Let me and, tell you about uh, the PC version and its resolution as you boot up the game. <laughs> yeah, well, it, like I was booting it up and it just froze. My PC started chugging during the menu. I was like, "What's going on here?" And I hit the thing. The and it's metal oh, chewing, or was it just it's metal as fuck? That's why it's chug chugging. Yeah, <laughs> my PC has the sickest riffs. <laughs> it has the best riffs. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> Fucking hell. Thank you no for listening PC to the show, everybody. Code Turkey Manscaped. We'll see you next week. Chugga chugga. Chugga chugga. Choo choo. Giggity giggity. Giggity goo. Go listen oh. to uh, the new Electric Cowboy song. Oh, God. Which one? Is- I can't remember the name. Fuck. Uh, Techno Train. In which case, 
And Sin's gonna have to listen to this too. I want like a live reaction from you. What the hell is techno in which they have a they have a chugging riff, but the the harsh vocalist like uh, choo choos along with the chugging. What? It's called Techno Train, Electric Callboy. Okay, it is. Um, I'm gonna pee real quick and then I'll do it. Oh, it's the best. We'll see you next week, everybody. I didn't end the show yet. Bye. Oh, what the fuck?